you. So, I told you so. The sports machine was slim. New Hampshire's next generation sports talk radio show. I'm your host, Slim. Andrew is the man behind the uh, the glass window who comes up with the sound stuff here to help me out, and he's got a clip that uh, we're going to start the show off with. Go right ahead, please, Andrew. Saka. Right in. DeBrus. McAvoy. Dangles. A poke check. He scores! Charlie McAvoy wins it in overtime. Thank you, Andrew. I told you so. That was a clip from ESPN I saw this morning on their website. Use some of that because their call of the game probably would have been better than mine, but who knows? Charlie McAvoy, second game in a row. You are the hero. You're somebody we can rally around. In fact, uh, McAvoy actually got hurt early in the first period, right? He went down for a bit. I was like, oh, no, get on up. You're fine. Seemed like he was okay. But you always worry now. Whenever anybody goes down, because you got a team, and McAvoy is a big piece of this team, people. The Bruins get on board. The great news from last night, the Bruins win. Five to four in overtime. Awesome game to watch. I'll give you the breakdown of it here as we move through this first segment today. The bad side, the bad news from last night, I forgot to put in the bet. I didn't bet. The Bruins, I said on the air yesterday, I was going to with that $100 that I had put in from the money we won on Damian Lillard there. I kept 100 in. And I was going to bet it on the Bruins last night, and I didn't, and I forgot, because I'm not betting. I'm not betting sports this year. The only reason I'm betting is, uh, well, with the MVP of the All-Star game, I bet that because I have a gambling problem. And I just justified in my own mind, hey, I can come out of retirement for one day and make <laughs> make this wager. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll just shut it right off. But then I said, wait a second, let's keep 100 in there. Got 1,300, take out 1,200. Keep the 100 you started with in there, because it was 12 to 1 odds on Damian Lillard. I put the 100 on him in the All-Star game. Well, now there's a 100 in there, and I was going to double it up, and then some. It was plus 120 odds on the Bruins to win the game. I didn't do it. I forgot. So what should we do? As a gambler, you you got to take inventory and say, wait a second, do we try and you know bet him tonight? The Bruins play at Calgary tonight. I think the puck drops at 9 o'clock. And this is how a gambler's mind works, right? I haven't even talked about the thrilling victory from yesterday. I'm more concerned about how am I going to make make future bets, even though I missed out on the one from last night. I might just play Bruins to go to the, to the finals. Bruins are going to the finals this year, people. I'm telling you, people, get on board with this Bruins team. I, and I'm going to describe this, this stuff why, okay? Number one reason. The Bruins, if you look at the scoreboards, they play their best hockey against the best teams. That's what you need to know. When the Bruins get geared up to play against the best teams, they come out on top more times than not. Last night, we played Edmonton, a team that had won 16 games in a row before the All-Star break. They had won eight games in a row at home. We're up 4-1. to one. As I get a little excited into the microphone there, 4-1 to one we were up last night. Do we have some holes? Yes. Yes. The Bruins, and we can discuss some of their holes. But they have toughness, grit, 
And for the first time in a long time, their high-end talent is going to produce in the playoffs. That's what I'm here to tell you. Pasternak is better this year. He's better this year than he's been. He's tougher. Charlie McAvoy is better this year. Brad Marchand, the way he's been playing the last couple weeks, come on. If this guy plays like this in the playoffs, he's going to be scoring playoff goals. These guys, if we look through the, the past here in the playoffs, and it wasn't just last year, they I'm not going to say they disappeared, but they didn't produce at the level that they had been in the regular season many times. So you expect, oh, maybe that's going to change again. You know, you, you, you half-hearted, weak-willed New England sports fans. Yeah, and I'm insulting my audience. Not my audience. My audience, for the most part, no. We know how to cheer. You know, we're not the, the rich uh, Fortune 500 company people who get given the free tickets and go to these games and sit on their hands and have no idea how to cheer. They're more interested in standing in line to pay like $20 for popcorn. Or $16 and change for a sub sandwich and a bag of chips. <laughs> so things are out of control. But when you go to the game, I'm all right to pay that, you know, the exorbitant prices. Not when you're going down the street the subway. $16 and change for a 12-inch sub. I still, I can't get over it. How are people doing it? And I mean, the, the rich people, okay, they can afford it. The middle classes. I talked to my father yesterday. He's like, yeah, but the poor people. Like, you, you, you know, if you don't have a lot of money, you can't even take your kid to McDonald's anymore. If you had, like, a family, four of you, go to McDonald's, that bill's going to be, like, 50 or $60. You, you can't even take your family to McDonald's. Inflation is, is just crazy in this arena. But we're not here to talk about that. Let's stay, let's stay on the positive side of things. Bruins were outshot last night, 44 to 35. We have an issue on the defensive side of things, okay? Let's look through my notebook. Let's relive last night's game. It was so exciting, and I'm going to tell you something. I watched most of it this morning. I'm embarrassed to say. This, uh, this marriage thing is kind of getting in the way of uh, the research for the show in the morning. Last night, I stayed up with my wife for a little while, and I could tell she wanted to spend some together time. So, all right, fine. We watched the end of the first period. I'll go to bed. I was a little tired, too. I'll go to bed at the same time as you. You know, this marriage stuff makes it tough. <laughs> makes it tough to get in there and really do great research. But I wake up this morning, my five-year-old, I say, hey, you want to watch the Bruins from last night? Do you know who won that? No. Let's watch. Okay. He's always willing to watch TV, and that's a great thing about being a dad. I'll tell you what. I love to do sports, and I love that my young son here wants to watch the sports with me. Celtics, the Bruins, when they're going to the bed and uh, at night and the games run. Oh, hey, Dad, tell me who's going to win. T- t- tell us in the morning who wins. Okay, so now I kind of tape it, and, and they're excited to watch. Our seven, my seven-year-old daughter wakes up. She's watching some of the game with us You know, a few minutes after it got started here this morning. So I wrote down notes from last night. Edmonton had the number one power play in the league at home. I don't think they scored in the power play last night. I don't know how many they might have had. They had one at the end of the first period. The Bruins killed it off with three minutes left, I think. They had one in the second period that I remember. Bruins killed it off. And then at the end of the game, the Bruins got a penalty called. Who was it? J- a JVR, I think. Van Riemsdyk got called for a penalty. Eh, you know, he shouldn't have done that. That definitely was a bad, I don't know if it was tripping, blindside checking, cross-checking, whatever they want to call it. But he gets called for the penalty. 30 seconds left in regulation. While that carries over into overtime, Bruins killed it off. So listen to the stats. We beat the team that had won 
They were the number one team, number one record in the in the uh, NHL since November twelfth. Edmonton's record had been thirty and nine since November twelfth. I told you they won sixteen games in a row at one point. They had won eight games in a row. The Bruins fly out first stop on the road trip, go to Edmonton, and we're up four to one, and we were totally dominating the action. Our our, our stick checks. Man, if you notice in the big games, I said this about Vancouver, and there was one other game on our homestand, I think, where I just was like, wow, you know, when we want to check and we get in there, we're knocking away the puck from the other team regularly. And it was happening again last night. I thought Edmonton was a faster team, but we were a little more physical. We have some issues with a couple of the players. I will say this Forbert guy, number 28, he's slow. He very slow. There was a play last night where Edmonton guy coming in. It was like he faked one way. Forbert just kind of stayed still. The dude just totally went right around him, and Forbert was still standing still. I was like, dude, uh, you know, it, we we need to we need to make a trade on the defensive side of things. But on the positive side, this kid that we brought up, and I said his name the other day. What is it here? Bre- bre- it's not Brazier. <laughs> it's not Breslow. What is this guy's name? Jared something or other with the B, number 55. He scored the goal in his first game against Dallas. He's 26 years old. If you watch him last night, he's in front of the net. He's a big guy. He almost got in a fight too. I, I loved his physicality. He, this guy, and he, he was moving around, setting screens. I'm pretty sure he was the result of one of the goals that we scored because he just set up shop right in front of the goalie. He's a big dude. That's a good addition. You need a nice physical dude who's going to come in with energy and excitement. The Bruins have added somebody, maybe out of nowhere, a free piece that looks to me to fit in. If only I could remember his name. I will remember his name. I will share his appropriate pronunciation of his last name. Jared Brew. When we come back here on the Sports Machine with Slim, WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. Where is Thomas Polk when I need him? NHTalkRadio.com. Justin. Justin Brazu. <laughs> I'm sorry, I called him Jared. Justin Brazu. That will be the last time I mispronounce his first name. My man Justin. I'm hitching my bandwagon to this guy. You like the story? 26 years old, been bouncing around the minor leagues for six years. Come on up in the middle of a playoff run for one of the best teams in the NHL. And come in and actually like make a difference. This guy's got to be on top of the world last night. And I'm I'm glad to be watching him. Most years, I, any other year actually, I would never be watching this much Bruins hockey. Not not even close. But I just the more I watch, the more I enjoy them. The more I get to to see the players and learn them. A guy like Charlie McAvoy, I've never had true appreciation or appropriate appreciation for how good this guy is. The, the game winner last night, that move was sick. He's a defenseman. He literally juked like two dudes completely 
out of their jock straps and then backhanded boom past the goalie. And he, he did it the game before, too. Like, this guy's one of the best players in the NHL, without a doubt. In Pasternak last night? Oh, my goodness. I, I, in fact, there was one point I wrote down in my notebook. I'm sending to my kid, oh, yeah, Pasternak, he is so good. And within, like, 10 seconds, that's when Pasternak scored a goal. I think to put us up 4-1, to one, actually. I think it was at that point. Then we started the backwards slide. So the end of the first period, it's 1-1, to one, just so people that didn't watch the game last night know. It's 1-1. to one. We got out on top. Edmonton scores. 40 seconds into the second period, Brad Marchand scores. After a great four-check and pass by number 43, and I'm not even sure who number 43 is. That's terrible. Terrible pre-show investigation and work by me. I apologize about that. Justin Brazu. Right, I'm apologizing all over the place, but I'm just so excited about the Bruins. Learning all this stuff about all these players. Second period still. Trent Frederick with a redirect to go up 3-1. to one. I like Trent Frederick. He's not afraid to get into corners. That guy's number 11. He's not afraid to... He's a big dude. He's not afraid to mix it up. He gets into the corners and digs it out. If he's in a battle with another guy more times than not, he comes out with the puck. The Brazou was in front with a screen on this play. Brazou, there we go in my notes, number 55. He screened there for, for Frederick to help with that redirect. Then I see this dude, Watherspoon? Which is a real interesting name. Usually it would be Witherspoon, but no, this guy's W-O-T-H, Watherspoon. Number 29, he gets in a fight. Did you see that? So Edmonton, who, as watching the game, I thought Edmonton was much faster. Very similar to Vancouver. When we played against Vancouver, and I asked Thomas Polk, I said, hey, is it my imagination, or is Vancouver just much faster than the Bruins? He said, well, I don't know if it's much faster. But watching Edmonton play, it's more like they're an artist. You know, like a, like a dancer or something where the Bruins are just, like, going to truck forward. And the, the use of the poke checks, uh, that, I mean, is a, is a big weapon for the Bruins because when the other teams like that are faster than them are getting geared up, the Bruins, you better take the puck away or, or halt, you know, or redirect their speed or else they're going to be going right by you. And I think in the big games, the Bruins come out with that energy and intensity, and they do it. They use their bodies to get in front of people and use the poke check to get out of the way. So in the second period, right, the Bruins kill off a second penalty. I think that was geeky slashing. He come right down and broke the other dude's stick in half. You wonder why you do those penalties. Like, did Geeky know that was going to happen? He just maybe just came down too hard, harder than he wanted to, because he couldn't intentionally want to get called for a penalty, right? Anyway, De- oh, DeBrusque scores to go up 4-1. to one. I apologize, right? It was six minutes left in the second. So Pasta had made an incredible shot right after I say to the kids, Pasta's playing awesome. Incredible. Watherspoon gets burned as Edmonton makes it 4-2. to two. So, yeah, that Watherspoon guy who got in the fight who I liked, he then got just totally schooled and the dude come out of nowhere and went right by him, scores a goal. Blah, 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 blah. 4-4, go into overtime, kill off the penalty. Charlie Coyle wins it for us. 6-5 to five is the end, right? It was 5-5 to five at the end of regulation. Swayman? Interesting that he got the start last night in goal, right? He started the last game against Dallas. Made all those saves in the shootout. Stopped eight out of nine shots to help us win in the shootout. And then usually 
Lena Selmark will come back and get the next start in net, but no. Interesting play, and I like this play. This is why I like this Jim Montgomery guy so much. You, you kind of know what's going on in his head, but you kind of don't. And my deal is, well, Swayman was hot. Okay, you're on top of the world. You bailed us out in the seventh game of the homestand to get us our second win, and you beat a good team in Dallas by standing on your head in the shootout and some in overtime, actually, too. Then, okay, we got two games in two nights. We're playing Edmonton last night. We got Calgary tonight. Well, listen, from a goalie standpoint, one guy's going to get one start, one guy's going to get the other. So you can just go every other, or you can go, wait a second. Let me bring back Swayman. He just bailed us out, got us a big win there. He should be feeling good. Let's throw him in net again. And that's what happened last night. And in the beginning of the game, the first half, when the Bruins were up 4-1, man, Swayman was awesome. Swayman played fantastic. Then we went through a stretch, and this is what happens with this Bruins team, and this is why I love them. They're so much fun because like, you know, they almost can't stand being up by so many points. They, they have to let the other team get close. And when the Bruins are down by two goals, they almost always come back and tie it. Like They just like close games. The Bruins have have something inside of them where, like, when it comes time, they turn it on, and if they're ahead, they just kind of relax. And that's what happened last night. Four to one, boom, before you know it, the game's tied. And it went to four to four, right? And then we went up, I think, five to four. Yeah. Yeah, that was Lowry keeps it in. He passes to Pasternak with 7.19 left, five to four. That's in the third period. And then with 6.37 left, 40 seconds later. That's when Edmonton tied it up. So six minutes, 40 seconds left in the game. It's 5-5. Five to five. Play even all the way through the end of regulation. This Bruins team is so exciting, man. <laughs> they, they just they can't take it easy on themselves, but they have the talent. And they have the fighters. That's, that's what's different about this team as we're heading towards the playoffs. I'm telling you, is watch the games that are tight. Who's leading us back or who's putting us in front when it's tied? It's Pasternak, it's Marshan, and it's McAvoy, your three best players. And those dudes are going to do the same thing in the playoffs. I'm here to tell you. Last night, um, my schedule got a little bit sidetracked, I will say. Maybe I ought to open this up. I'm going to hold on to this one. I'm gonna wait. We'll open up third. Let me give a quick update. Remember I told you people the other day, after Tuesday's show, I went over to meet with Senator Lou D'Alessandro, who's been on the air here with, on the Sports Machine with Slim in the past. He's conquered um, state rep here. And he and I had some back and forth about you know, problem gambling and the fact that I'd like to try and do something for people that have serious gambling addictions to be able to let them know, hey, there's some resources out there for you to help. Like for me, I can turn the faucet off now. I'm 40. I've been gambling 50. I'm, I've been gambling for 40 years. And I just got to a point where it's like, hey, dude, if you're losing, just stop. You know, just stop. Don't gamble for a while. And I can do that most times. Some people, like you say, I'm never going to bet again. And then you come back in the next day and you, you just, it's what you do. You just bet. Like I've told myself a hundred times in my life, at least, I'm never betting again. And I always went back and did it. I just, you know, yeah, I have an addiction. Um, you hope that you can manage it. Well, I do believe that through listening to this show sometimes, like I can help some people. You know, maybe maybe you wouldn't want to totally take my advice on, on the gambling or stopping gambling or whatnot because I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. 
but I got some experiences to share, and I think there's some value there that can help other people. But more importantly, people that are listening to the show love sports, and they're probably gambling, right? I know a bunch of people that are listening to the show love gambling, and that's great. But if you had a problem, do you know where to go? Well, you go to New Hampshire. Gambling problem. Type that in, right? Well, what pops up? The New Hampshire Council for Problem Gambling. And Ed Talbot is a guy I've had on a show here, the WKXL Spotlight. He's been on our radio station talking about what he does. And the phone number that's on the website goes directly to Ed's phone. So if somebody has a gambling problem and they're like, man, I don't know what to do. It's like, hey, you can call and talk to a guy who heads up an institution that's designed to help people with gambling problems and talk to a guy who has a vicious gambling problem, Ed. He, he told it on the show how he just was doing crazy things to be able to gamble. And the hardcore gamblers out there, you know what I'm talking about. It's the younger generation, though, that needs to hear the word. So when I went to talk to Senator Lou as a follow-up on Tuesday, man, he's into it. He's into He knows this is a problem, and he's totally into, I think, using his position to try and help gain some funds to spread the messaging, to be uh, you know, be able to to help people, reach people that have gambling problems. I got, I'm all thumbs up on Senator Lou. I'll tell you that. He said he's been in the position, I think, 24 years. Um, thank you out there. Let's see. We're gonna keep on trucking. WKXL Radio. This is the Sports Machine with Slim. 14:50 a.m. 103.9 FM in Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester. NHTalkRadio.com. I got an interesting story for you when we come back. The traders are doing their thing. They get up to 52,000 and change, and they send it right down to 51. There is a ton of leverage in this system, I'm telling you right now. And my guess is it will hold tight until the end of the month. Options, expirations happen, and then we see a tanking. I I, got to believe this. Could be wrong, but my suspicion is over the weekend here, you're going to see some selling. How about AT&T's phone coverage? If I could work in some personal stories. I have phone coverage through AT&T, so cellular spotage uh, outage this morning all across the country. So if your phone isn't working, if you have AT&T, that's why. If you're trying to call people who have AT&T, not getting through, yeah, there's an issue. AT&T, they said they don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, Two weeks until the NHL deadline, trade deadline, that is. Mike Milbury, I heard him this morning on my drive-in on WEEI. I do love me some Mike Milbury. I have added him onto the list of 10 people I'd like to interview on the show. I like Mike Milbury a lot. Liked him as a player. He went in the stands that one time. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's what he's always going to be remembered for, I guess, some of his outbursts. But uh, tough dude who's not afraid to give commentary, and I like it. And he said the Bruins, he doesn't think, have the talent to make it all the way through. Just the deep talent. He didn't say the top end talent like I'm talking about. He's saying all the way down. And he says there's not a lot of moves that they're going to be able to make because we're up against the the salary cap. So who are you going to get rid of? 
It's like, okay, Lena Salmark, that would be the guy we got to trade, unfortunately. I don't want to trade him. So we're going to rock and roll and live as it is. Maybe there's a guy in the minors. Hey, but if you can get another guy like Justin, my man Brazu, pull, pull him on up, baby. This guy worked out well. Here's the story from yesterday. So I told you people we got $1,000 to give away on the show. I need ideas as to how to do it. Well, I took the lead, and I gave $100 of that away. I donated last night to a charity called Austin 17 House, which is in Brentwood, New Hampshire. It is pretty much an after-school hangout place for kids. And, yes, they they definitely um, have a, a number of kids who have, uh, you know, like uh, maybe gotten in some trouble in the past. Not that that's their soul or only, um, you know, people that are, that are attending, but uh, that's where they get a lot of kind of like leads from kids that maybe have been, haven't been doing the right things. And then so, hey, come on over here and start to learn how to do the right things because it can actually be fun. I was so impressed. Um, we have a show coming on later today, 4 o'clock today, a WKXL spotlight here on the radio station where I talk with um, Lindsay Messina, who's their executive director. You can stay tuned and listen to that live this afternoon from 4 to 5, or you'll be able to see it on our website, nhtalkradio.com. You'll be able to download that afterwards. But I'm all about just trying to get good stories out on the radio. So many people I know feel the same way as me. There is so much negativity out there. Like, we're so sick of it. I want to hear more about good stories and stories that are, like, uplifting and people who are trying to make a difference in society. Well, I'm out there searching for them. And, and Lindsay Messina and Austin 17 House, like this is a place that's dedicating everything they have, their life, all the volunteers that they have. I think she said like 40 to 50 people volunteer over there. They, they serve hot meals every day when the kids come, mostly through donations and some other projects and stuff that they raise money through. It's a really cool story, and I'm proud to uh, be associated. Well, $100 out of our winnings got shared with them last night. I delivered a check. Today, on the way home, I'm going to be stopping at the Tuckaway, which is in Raymond, about 15 minutes probably, maybe 20 from Manchester, east on 101. And I'm going to be buying a cutting board there from um, Adult and Teen Challenge, New Hampshire, who sets up shop every now and then at the Tuckaway. That's how I originally met them. This is a um, group that helps with drug addiction. It's located in Manchester. Adult and Teen Challenge. If you know somebody who's been struggling with rehab, can't just find a way to, to get off of drugs because they're hooked, Adult and Teen Challenge offers a potential solution. Their success rates are much higher than other facilities. They are largely faith-based. You know, Jesus Christ and and, um, recognizing a higher power is at the core of their treatment. But it works. And if you have no hope, you know, you really have nothing to live for. You got to have hope to have something to live for. And and they provide hope. So I'm going to go there and support their cause with $100 later today. So that's what we're doing with 200 of the do- uh, dollars that we won on the NBA All-Star Game MVP award for one Damian Lillard. I'm not doing a lot of sports this segment. Next segment when we come back, I'll be talking about the Patriots draft because it's one of the top articles on ESPN. What are the Patriots going to do with their number three pick? 
I got my my thoughts on this. I'll share some more. Also, the Celtics do play Chicago. We get kicked off here, second half of the season. I think we've played, what is it, 55 games so far? We got 27 more, something like this. The over-under, I'm gonna, I, I, we might make a bet on the Celtics to win over their total. Projected of 62.5. That's their projected total right now. I think they are, what is it, 53 and, no, 43 and 12. I think it's their record right now. So they'd have to go pretty much 20 and 7 in their last seven game, 27 games. I think we can do that. I think we're going to bet the over and give us something to root. Or we played Jason Tatum for MVPs down to 22 to 1. I told you people the other day he was 40 to 1. Yesterday he was down to 25 to 1. Now he's down 22 to 1. Why is Jason MVP, Jason Tatum for MVP? First of all, ESPN's promoting the heck out of him. They want this guy as a star because he's a good dude. Secondly, we got the game tonight, but then we're playing the Knicks on Saturday, I think it is, and that's a national TV game. Jason Tatum's going to go off in that game. Write it down. I told you Bruins were going to beat Edmonton last night. Write it down. Jason Tatum is going to go capital O, capital F, capital F in that game against the Knicks. And you're going to wake up the next morning and Jason Tatum's going to be down to about 12-1 to to win the MVP. Remember I said it. I'm going to save this clip. I'll go back and we'll open up our show sometime in the future talking about this. What the heck's today's date? February 22nd, 222. Hey, I got a family member whose birthday it is today. Gonna have to say a hello out there. Here's my uh, quick, quick story from last night. I get introduced to Adult and Teen Challenge maybe um, two months ago. Well, I got introduced to Austin 17 House about a month ago through an interesting sequence of events. I get the information for Lindsay. I reach out. Now we're connected. Okay, she's going to come on the show. We do the WKXL Spotlight. We taped it yesterday. Well, last night, I'm going to go to deliver the check to Austin 17 House. It's in Brentwood. I live in Brentwood. So I go over there. While I'm there, I'm trying to find another group, actually, who's also supposed to be in the same building. I get turned a corner. They're in this room, but it's not them. It's a different group. What was it? It's kind of like a prayer group. But this group of people interpret each other's dreams. So real interesting. Oh, what's going on here? And I'm curious by nature, right? I want to hear, well, so what's going on in here? Okay, well, they're curious about me. I say, well, it's just totally random how I ended up here tonight. It's really strange. And I tell my story. I'm on a radio. I do a show. And one of the guys there says, hey, well, you're on the radio. And so I got to talk to you. I got to get on the radio. Well, as I to learn a little bit more about him. There's six people that were in this interpretation of dreams group. Uh, Dana, Eric, Louise, Ellen, Chuck, and Josh. And they start, well, hey, can we say a prayer for you? Can we do um, this and that for you? Like, they want to welcome me into their group. And I'm sure anybody listens like, well, what's going on? And my, my wife says, I was like, you know, says, is this a cult or what is going on? It's just like, no, some people just really believe in God, and they let that kind of guide their their lives. And I know there's a large segment of the population who's like, oh, those people are crazy. Like, I don't think so. I, I don't think those people are the crazy people at all. I think everybody who's out committing all these crimes and doing all the things that we're doing to make, uh, you know, $16 plus uh, 12-inch subs be $16, I think those people are crazy. But anyway, they write down some notes that say, hey, can we pray? 
and uh, write down some things for you. And one of the people there, they all did it on index cards. And it's about me. So I just walked into the group. I'm the center of the group. Okay. All right. I, this is what I get handed by one of the people. I just saw your ears were big, like Dumbo. You have a keen sense of hearing frequency from heaven. God is fine-tuning you spiritually. And I said, isn't that interesting? I'm going to read that on the air today. So that's what I just did. I believe that there's some higher power at play here. And I give that higher power all the thanks for being so incredible as a sports talk radio show host here on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. We're coming back with Patriots and Celtics Talk on nhtalkradio.com. Second half tonight. It's called the second half, I guess, but it's not really. They play 82 games in a year. Well, they've already played 55 of those. So we got, what, 27 more to go. Our over-under, like I said, on DraftKings right now, 62 and a half. Can the Celtics go 20 and 7 is ultimately what we're saying to finish it up. Which is interesting because, I mean, 43 and 12 is where they're at right now. 20 and 7 would be, I mean, I guess a less aggressive pace, right? But you figure down the end, maybe the Celts aren't going to play as hard, right? You're going to bench your starters. But isn't that to our benefit? Because our team is so deep. And I don't know if Missoula is the type of guy like who's going to give all his dudes off games here in the last week. You know, he might spot guys one or two here, two or three there. In the last game of the season, you probably just totally take off. But he, I don't think he's a let your foot off the bra- uh, pedal type of a guy. I would say the, the Celtics should finish here 63-19. and 19. That sounds about right. Tonight we go at Chicago. The line is 8.5 right now. I saw earlier it was 7.5, and I'll just tell people, I've had a long-standing theory on the NBA is that the best teams, when they come back from the All-Star break, play a great game because they're like, let's go. This is our time. We're going to start kicking things up towards the playoffs. Let's make it happen. So that's been a big like betting thing for me through the years is to say, hey, I think your best teams are going to come out and play their best brand of basketball. Like, do the Bucks play tonight? The Bucks are 35-21. and 21. People are talking about Doc Rivers, this and that. Um, like, like, oh, they had lost three or four in a row here since he came over to coach them. They don't play tonight. They must play tomorrow. But I, I would bet the Bucks are going to play hard in their first game back. Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo are going to be like, hey, this is our time. This is our chance to run. Let's make it happen. So they're going to play hard. Then my guess is they will win. The Celtics tonight at the Bulls. The Bulls are atrocious. 
The Bulls, I, I don't care even what their record is. It's 26-29. and 29. They stink. They play no defense. Celtics should go in there and smash them. I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing this. I would just say it's highly likely that the Celtics go in to take care of business tonight. The big game for the Celts is going to be Saturday there when we play against the New York Knicks because the Knicks are tough, dude. The Knicks just, they, they, they don't want to back down. They, their coach, Tom Thibodeau, is going to drive them, especially in the regular season, to play hard, especially on an ABC game, and it's at Madison Square Garden. The fans there in New York, they're starting to get amped up. Like, they're hungry, Celtics fans. This is what I'm talking about. You can't have a team with much less talent beat you because they're just going to outwork you, and their fans are going to provide an emotional spark in the stadium when you go there. The Celtics fans need to understand, like, we need to give our guys that kind of a lift. Well, watch Saturday night. I think you're going to see a Knicks fan base there that's, like, totally fired up and inspiring to their team. So that's a big game for the Celts. I hope we're ready to play. I think we definitely will be tonight. I'm not so sure about Saturday night's game. The, the New England Patriots, we have to talk about this because two months ago I was talking about it pretty regularly. My pick is Jaden Daniels. I don't care if we got to get him with the number three pick. I don't care if we trade up and get him with the number one pick. I want Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner from LSU. I want him on the Patriots. I know he's older. I know he's maybe skinny. Whatever you want to say. He's 6'4". He's got a great work ethic from all accounts. I saw Brian Kelly. I said this before at the Heisman Trophy uh, night. The speech Brian Kelly said is this kid was like trying to get in the door as early as possible, get keys. He wanted to get in the gym early in the mornings, on the weekends, stuff like he's a leader of a team. That's the guy I want. I think that can have like a transcendent type of impact on an organization. And I'm equating it. I'm I'm going right now. I'm saying Jaden Daniels is going to be like the Michael Jordan. This sounds insane, but this is why uh, we are next generation sports talk radio. Remember, rewind the clock. Michael Jordan went number three in his draft. Hakeem Olajuwon won, Sam Bowie two, Michael Jordan got drafted number three. Nobody knew he was going to be that good. As I watch Jaden Daniels, I don't see how you can get any better. He's the fastest guy on the field. He's tall enough to see over the offensive line. He's got good touch on intermediate type passes, and he has an absolute cannon to throw 60-yard bombs on a line. So I'm going to take my chance on that guy because our quarterback situation on the New England Patriots is horrific. And you draft any quarterback, people, it's a coin flip. It's a gamble. Like Trevor Lawrence was my most guaranteed prospect ever coming out of school, certainly since Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck had a good run for a few years. What happened? He, he went down with injury. He didn't do great things in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence come out a few years ago, number one pick, you know, supposed to be the great, great player. He's, come, he's pretty good. Where was he this year after I bet them to go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> Injured and not doing so hot. It's a coin flip. So you, you flip the coin. Now, can you get Marvin Harrison with that number three pick? Let's say Drake May goes too, which I don't think is happening. If you look at the media, nobody was talking. Originally, it was Jaden Daniels was going to get drafted in the second round. People were saying, well, take Marvin Harrison with the number three pick and see if he can get Jaden Daniels in the second round. And this was as recently as three months ago. 
And I was like thinking to myself, like, he's not going in the second round, dude. Do you guys have eyes? Are you watching how fast and good this guy is? Jaden Daniels is the man that we want to have on the team. Now, if he goes number two, should the Patriots be drive, you know, drafting or moving up, trading to try and get into the number two spot? Listen, I don't know. I'm not an NFL GM. If it's not meant to be, maybe you don't force it because you got a guarantee in Marvin Harrison Jr. And you can sit there and you take number three, Marvin Harrison Jr. The option on ESPN, as you get down to the bottom of this article, like their headline, should the Patriots draft a quarterback? Well, I just talked about why. Do I want Drake May? No. I don't want Drake May because I don't think he's going to be that, that type of like total winner like Patrick Mahomes. I think Jaden Daniels could potentially be that guy. And if you don't have that guy in the NFL, you, it doesn't matter. Like Josh Allen is a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. What has he done? Nothing but lose because he's a choker. I don't know what the reason is because he, 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 he makes some, some bad decisions on the field. He's got all the talent in the world. He didn't go number one in his draft. You, you know what I mean? So it's like it's always going to be a choice. Do the Patriots have to take a quarterback? No. No, you don't because you need a number one receiver. My brother Dave has called in plenty of times over the past few months saying, look at any team that's good, they all have number one receivers, like legit guys. If you don't have a number one receiver, you're not going anywhere anyway. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is, and I kind of agree with this. But the Patriots are still rebuilding here. So if you can get a potential quarterback level talent of Michael Jordan, as I'm saying, and I know it sounds insane, but I guarantee you he's faster than Michael Jordan ever was. (laughs) <laughs> and I guarantee you can throw the ball a lot farther than Michael Jordan ever could. <laughs> so on those ends, I, I can feel uh, um, you know, sensible with my discussion and my pick here. Should the Bruins take the best non-quarterback available? That's another headline here or, or heading of this article with ESPN. And that's talking about, hey, Marvin Harrison. Number three pick, I'm fine with it if that's the way it goes. I want Jaden Daniels. If he's not there, okay, take Marvin Harrison. Should the Patriots trade down? And, and I just wanted to focus on this for a minute or two because wouldn't it be something if even after Belichick leaves, we go and the Patriots trade down? And I know you people out there can be like, oh, well, you know, you could get extra assets and you could, we need more players and this and that. Here's the deal, dude. You, you need a superstar on your team. The Patriots do not have a superstar. They have a couple of good defensive players. They have no superstar on the offensive side of the ball. You need to draft a guarantee at that spot if you're not taking Jaden Daniels. And I don't want Caleb Williams. I mean, so everybody knows. Caleb Williams, I know, is, is bet 900 to win 100 on DraftKings that he's going to be the number one pick. I think the Chicago Bears are absolutely insane if they let go of Justin Fields. I would try and get Justin Fields as a starting quarterback for the Patriots tomorrow if we couldn't get Jaden Daniels. Like, Justin Fields throwing to Marvin Harrison, yeah, sign me up. And I know my brother David mentioned that as a potential option. I'm all in on that if we could somehow make that happen. Trade our second-round pick to the Bears if they're silly enough to want to let Justin Fields go? Yeah, I would do that. But, Patriots, you cannot trade down. You, you, it's like the Red Sox. You're just taking advantage of your fan base, not paying any money, and expecting that we're still going to show up and, and fill the seats. Well, Patriots, you can't be trading down 
thinking you're the smartest guys in the room. You need to give your fans a player to root for, whether it's for fantasy reasons or whatever. But Marvin Harrison, we know, is going to be a winner. And I'm on the book saying Jaden Daniels is going to be that next-level winner type too. You've heard it here first. The Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. If you can do somebody nice, something nice out there for somebody today, please do it. 